Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you guys had a fantastic July 4th weekend. We did down here in Florida, and hope you guys enjoyed the Hagman Show on Friday. Dad was on that on Friday evening, so be sure to check that out if you haven't heard it yet. And one thing that I saw last week the very end of the week that the media completely ignored last week. And I've been very, very pleased to see this. I know DeSantis has had a lot of mixed reviews. Some people aren't sure what he's doing. Some people think he's kind of pandering to the globalist. Other people think he's basically, you know, playing the game to keep the freedom and patriotic agenda going. All I know is you got to look at what people are actually doing. Talk's cheap. We saw that with Trump, unfortunately. You can run your mouth and talk all you want. If you don't actually put it to action, it's something that's very, very ineffective. Now, you guys know the school boards down here in Florida have become increasingly more liberal. That's talked about that in the detail with the Frankfurt School and the critical race theory and the Marxism and everything else that's being introduced and has been introduced for decades now. Well, DeSantis last week signed the bill HB 241, which actually went through and passed the Senate. And essentially what it is, it's a much needed expansion of the parental bill of rights in the state of Florida. And it goes into details very long, so I'm not going to read all of it. But it basically what it's designed to do is it's designed to prevent the state from having any control over the child, meaning basically the parent, as it should be, is the sole proprietor, I guess you could say, of the child and making all of their decisions. And one thing it does here repeatedly in this bill is it allows for parents to object to any instructional material and other materials used in the classroom. Such objections could be based on beliefs regarding morality, sex, religion, or the belief that such materials are harmful, including any materials used in the classroom to be workbooks, worksheets, handouts, software, applications, and any other digital media. The parent has the right to withdraw his or her minor child from any portion of the school's district uh, education system. Such procedures must provide a parent to be notified in advance of such course content so he or she may be withdrawn from the portion of the course. And it goes into detail and talks about how the parent has basically almost the requirement to be involved in what their children are learning. And one that was very interesting was Section 211 on it, number three. It said the right of the parents to exempt his or her minor child from immunizations. It doesn't have an asterisk there or have a clause. It blatantly says the right of the parent to exempt his or her minor child from immunizations. I don't know if that's still adding in the religious exemption. doesn't say that at all. It blatantly just says the right of the parent to basically not do shots into the child. This is really, really big down here in Florida. We already have a religious exemption that's very effective. However, if this is what I think it is and what it appears to be and a lot of other people think it is, this is very, very positive for the conservative patriot community in the state of Florida because this, again, puts that resolve in law now, that standing saying, hey, I don't consent to this. My child basically does not consent to this, and it even goes into detail as well, which I was very happy to see because you know some schools are starting to try to do procedures, drugs, shots without, children, without basically parental consent, and it says – 
any healthcare practitioner or any individual employed by such healthcare practitioner may not provide, solicit, arrange, or provide any healthcare service or prescribe any medicinal drugs to a minor child without first obtaining written parental consent. That goes right along with the injections and the drug popping that a lot of these schools have gotten into now with giving kids basically medical drugs and giving them HPV injections without parental consent, which is egregious. So I just want to kind of start off with that. Great weekend. Great Independence Day. Glad to see this is going out. Ironically enough, the mainstream media has literally gone silent on this topic and on this bill. I mean, no, nobody's even covered it at all, which doesn't surprise me one bit because they don't want the populace in Florida, the parents, realizing how much strength and how much power we actually have in the school systems. That's why it's so important to get involved locally and make your voice heard on what's really going on, Dad. What do you think? Well, I mentioned this before is that, you know, we basically laughed at Obama because he was a community organizer and Sarah Palin came out when she was running for president, you know, over 10 years ago now and made a big joke. The fact that Obama was a community organizer. Well, this is Sal Alinsky rules for radicals, you know, primer 101. They want you to go in at the grassroots level and get people to work for you from a communist indoctrination, cultural Marxism standpoint. This is one of the reasons now the school systems are completely and totally corrupt. The National Education Association, the largest school lobbying group, well, not lobbying group, basically it's not a lobbying group. It's a, it's a group of teachers that have all signed up together as far as for collective rights, et cetera. It's a bargaining rights, et cetera, group. Uh, you know, it's a union. They have now come out and said and openly passed that basically, you know, the, that white people are bad, that this, garbage theory they're coming out with is going to be pushed through all the different schools throughout the country they control with their teacher unions and, and this you know critical race theory and the sad part about this is i remember back when i was in seventh grade this teachers union really got organized started working and they went on strike and a whole bunch of teachers actually quit working went on strike and they got tremendous power from it as far as what they could do and control well they're completely taken over by a bunch of lesbian feminist witches now that I talked about in depth on Friday. I don't want to go there again. And they're pushing the critical race theory about how bad white people are and how horrible the 4th of July is, and they want to teach it to all of the children. You think, well, this can't be happening in America. Well, yeah, it's happening in America, and it's all because of the Frankfurt School. Last night I was over at Allen and Christie's house, and we had a huge fireworks thing there, and it was a blast. We actually did a videotape from it if you're on ST Brower. Instagram for Sharon. I did a little little thing you're talking about, but you have to have bug spray, organic bug spray in Florida, basically. We live in a swamp down here. Uh, if you're going to have fireworks at night because of the mosquitoes. And we had a great time with Alan and Christy last night. But the reality is Alan asked me, you know, we had a bunch of people down at the dock where we were setting up the fireworks and he said something to me about, well, you know, what, you know, what is the Frankfurt School? And, you know, we've talked about it so many times and I explained to the people down at the dock what it was. But the problem with the whole concept of Frankfurt School is its history. Let me stop for one second and explain to you what I mean by that. Most people hate history lessons. Why? Because when they were in school, they were forced to memorize dates. You know, what year was the Revolutionary War? What year did George Washington say this? What year was our Constitution, you know, established? What year? It's all part of the civics. And then we go back to what happened in the Napoleonic years. All the different things all the way back. And we have these teachers now, I'm going to pick on teachers for a second. I was a college professor for years, so I have a right to pick on teachers. And what ended up happening is 
a lot of these teachers made history boring. They made history so bad and so boring that nobody wanted to learn it. Like Austin, he took a class at Southeastern University years ago. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's a big school. It's a Christian university in Lakeland and it was on Old Testament survey. And he had a professor who was absolutely horrible, 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 horrible professor at, as far as this class. And this teacher loved giving people C's and D's and bad grades because they were studying Old Testament and they made them memorize a whole bunch of dates and times. Now, that's a horrible way to teach. I didn't do that. In fact, when I was a teacher, they called me the preacher teacher. And what I would do, I'd take key points, I'd outline the key points, and I'd want the people to understand what happened, not necessarily the dates in which it happened. Now, why did I do that? Because I made it, I made it interesting. I made the history come alive. Let's talk about the guillotines. Let's talk about what happened in France. Let's talk about what happened with Napoleon. Let me talk about him with his little Kabbalist hand signs that he did all the time and his Masonic hand signs that he did, which are synonymous those two. And then we, and we would make it super interesting, which is what I try to do on this show. That's why, you know, I, when I, somebody asked me what is the Frankfurt School and you start talking about cultural Marxism, number one, most people don't know what that means. You start talking about Goethe University in Germany, nobody knows what that means. They you start talking about how it was started in the Soviet Union. And the problem is this is why I have to go back all of the time and give you guys a primer. This is why every once in a while you'll notice that I'll play a repeat of a show. It happens about once every four to six to 12 weeks or whatever. We'll replay a specific show or a series of shows, and we do that on purpose. In many cases, we have something else scheduled that day. We can't do the show live, so I play a tape because it's like a primer that takes you back. I also do that with the blood of Christ because I want people to understand that this is the same group that has done this for thousands and thousands of years that nothing changes. Now they're saying that China is taking over Afghanistan and building a silk highway road to Afghanistan to control the Middle East. No, they're not. Okay. The Rothschild banking cartel controls China. They're using China as a front person to build a road into Afghanistan. It's always the same group. It's the Kabbalist group. It's the Luciferian group. And that's why I talk about it on the show all the time. And yet somehow it's so strange for people to understand this. They just think it's conspiratorial, conspiracy theory, and it's not. There's a group of people out there that run the planet. It's like George Soros. They had a a great interview, a great article came up this morning about George Soros and who George Soros is and what George Soros was doing to control everything that was happening in the world right now and how he's the one who basically is the kingpin, the one who does it all. No, he's not. He's being completely funded to the Rothschild banking cartel. That's who he is. It's not George Soros. It's the same group. Let me give you a couple of examples. After the last round of rioting, looting, and arson in St. Louis, Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner dismissed charges against all 36 people arrested. She's on the take from Soros for $307,000, or she's on the take from the Rothschild banking cartel for $307,000. This is also the prosecutor, prosecutor who filed the charges against the McClowskis for defending their home. Los Angeles County District Judge George Gasson got over $2 million from the Soros operation. He ended cash bail and no longer is prosecuting the crimes of trespassing, disturbing the peace, and arresting arrests, prostitution, or driving without a license. Kim Fox is the Illinois state attorney and has received 800000 from Soros. She's also declined to prosecute rioters 
saying the question it comes down to is, is it a good use of our time and resources? No, is what she says. Philly District Attorney Larry Krashner also received $1.7 million from Rothschild Soros, and he won't be prosecuting rioters, looters, or arsonists. Krasner was very open about the ideology driving his permitting chaos in the city. Prosecution alone will achieve nothing to close justice. Krasner is worth calling out for special attention because he filed 75 cases against the police and has represented both Occupy Philadelphia and Black Lives Matter. The results of Philadelphia are stunning as charges are dropped in 60% of all shooting cases, though we suspect your odds of being a conservative self-defense case, having your Charges waived are rather slim. San Francisco District Attorney Chelsea Bowden, who is working off 620000 in Soros money, proclaims that the criminal justice system isn't just massive, it's brutal, it's also racist. District Attorney Mike Schmidt of Portland, who has received 230000 in Soros Rothschild money, has also declined to prosecute rioters who burned the city for months while besieging the federal building. This goes on and on and on. It's always the same group that does this. Just the names change, but the group's the same. And we need to understand they've infiltrated our government. They've come into the system now, and they've put all types of draconian laws and legislation in place. Let me give you an example. They control our military. Here's an article. Here's, 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 a, here's a document. It's over 300 pages long. I posted it on the website. It's called FM 3-39-40, and it's called Internment and Resettlement Operations that was put together on February 2010. It's from the headquarters of the Department of the Army. Now, it's 326 pages long, and I thought to myself, okay, did some guy just sit around and one night and just decide to write this and take a couple of months to write it? Is this real or not? So I contacted a full bird colonel that I know who's retired a couple of years ago. He just got out of the military. Full bird. I mean, he's inside information. Full bird. 50-year, basically, non-disclosure, can't talk about stuff from the military or else he goes to jail. Full bird. Okay? And he told me this was real. He says the entire document is real and it's still in full effect. So just in case you don't think this is going on around us as we speak and the destruction of the United States is going on around us as we speak, this is a full-blown document. Internment and resettlement operation contents. Internment, resettlement, and the operational environment. I'm giving you chapters. Internment, resettlement, and support of the spectrum of operation. Chapter 3, command and staff roles and responsibilities. Chapter 4, capture, initial detention, and screening. Chapter 5, and by the way, this is operations inside of the United States. Chapter 5, detainee operations. Chapter 6, detainee facilities. Chapter 7, confinement of U.S. military prisoners. Chapter 8, rehabilitation of U.S. military prisoners and detainees. Chapter 9, parole transfer release of U.S. military prisoners and detainees. Chapter 10, resettlement operations. I mean, this goes on and on and on. This is a real document that was put into play over 10 years ago now. When, you know, we had the Gay Canyon in office. And this is whenever I was talking about the FEMA camps and all the other things that were going on. See, this is the problem when you have people that are put into the military or put in positions of power who are basically proxies of the Rothschild banking cartel. They do whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it. And they really don't have, you know, and much say so because the internal components of the deep state – these people that are appointed in Washington, D.C., basically put it together. In other words, 
you have assigning individual detainees to work a detail or job on a regular permanent basis. It kind of sounds like the slave labor camps or the concentration camps, isn't it? Labor considerations, J-68. Detainee labor would be used to perform the following. Camp administration and installation maintenance, agricultural work, public works, public utilities, building operations, transportation and handling of stores that are not military in nature or purpose, domestic service. Point two, these camps are basically where detainees in the U.S. custodies come together. The attending medical officer will immediately furnish if someone dies. The detention facility commander or hospital commander or the commander of the unit that exercised custody of the detainee if the death did not occur in the facility with the detainee's full name. The initial assessment and the cause of death. What is interesting about S-569 is the cause of death is not categorized in any meaningful manner, except to say there's a conscious effort to determine the death of the inmate was due to their own actions. S-572, the Office of the Armed Forces Medical Examiner is responsible for completing the DD form 2064 that will include a statement that the death was for or was not the result of deceased's own misconduct. This goes on and on and on and on. In other words, we're not going to have Nuremberg trials here. This information is destroyed after it's processed. We don't even know what happened to these people in these quote-unquote detainment facilities. And the sad part about this is, as you say, well, is this really going to happen to the United States? I don't know. I really don't, and so I'm not going to sit here and get all fear-mongering about this. I don't know, but all I know is this. These provisions are in place at this point, and they're active and basically real, according to a full bird colonel that I spoke to over this weekend. So we have to ask ourselves a question. Who's orchestrating this? That would be the international banking cartels, the Kabbalist Luciferians, the same ones who control both sides of the narrative have done so for well over 100 years in this country, according to Otto Kahn who basically was one of the founding members through Kuhn Lieb of the Federal Reserve Bank. They control both sides of the narrative. They control Donald Trump. They control Biden. They control Obama. They controlled Reagan. Remember, after Reagan was shot, he was put into basically a stupor for the rest of his term while George Bush, CIA, ran the United States of America and had one of the most corrupt administrations ever with all of the drugs that were being run, all of the armaments that were being run, all the guns and all the different things that were being sent to the Contras and the Iran-Contra affair. All of this stuff was under Reagan, but being orchestrated by the powers to be that were running everything, which were through George Bush. This is what's happening in the United States, and it's happening all over the world in all of the countries. It's all being controlled by the same people all of the time, and we have to understand that. So we have this group of people doing this who answer basically to Lucifer himself, according to them, they consider them the benigni Elohim or the benigni Nephilim, whoever they want to call themselves, and they consider themselves to be the bloodline of Lucifer, the basically extraterrestrial <laughs> who came here you know, and basically destroyed the Garden of Eden as far as Adam and Eve being able to stay there and has done everything he possibly can to destroy the entire planet and has done so for thousands of years through Baal and Moloch and Asherah and the sacrifice of human children and drinking of blood and all the sick stuff these people are involved in. And you see it at Bohemian Grove. And we have the world leaders and pretty much every president has been to Bohemian Grove. It's a big gay orgy when they have this thing out there. And that's what this is. And we need to understand that they believe that their God is an hermaphrodite. 
this thing called Einsof, this snake in a tree. And their goal here is to create a hermaphroditic race of people on this planet that believe that nobody is a male or a female, but everybody is hermaphroditic. That's what they want. That's why we're having all these crazy things like the girl, the man, the it that wins Miss Nevada, it the, the Miss It but Nevada, I guess you call it now, is this guy who is transgender. And then we have the transgenders pushing their goal of having everybody accept every sexual perversion they possibly can in order to further promote everybody being a hermaphrodite on the planet to worship their snake god. That's who's running the planet. you got to see who's doing it, and they control the money supply. They're the ones who worked with Operation Gladio, the un, basically the, the, the that Paul, Paul Williams wrote about how you know the the the, the uh, between the Vatican, the CIA, and the mafia, Operation Gladio, the unholy alliance between the CIA, the, op, the Vatican, and the mafia. And once you understand that this group is always the same group of people, it starts making more sense. But guys, don't get caught up in this left-right paradigm. There is no left-right paradigm. It is all the Rothschild, Kabbalist, Luciferian paradigm. They want us under Noahide laws, and they want making Jesus Christ Lord of your life and seeing him as God a sin punishable by beheading. That's what they want. Hence, they get up their little concentration camp brochures 13, 14 years ago. People say, well, no one's used it. Well, this is the same thing that happened with the Patriot Act, isn't it? We said, and I said Back 20 years ago when this Patriot Act was pushed and signed by George W., the dumb one, I said, look, here's the deal. It's not that George Bush is going to do this. It's that it's going to get continually set back up, set back up, set back up until a president comes in who's willing to really issue draconian legislation from this. And this is the same thing with this, this government document with the FEMA camps. It's set up that if it is implemented, that it is legal to do. This is exactly what happened with Operation, uh, the one where they decided, was it, was it, I can't remember, my brain's not kicking at 100% this morning. It's the same thing that happened to Tom Cruise did that movie, in which he basically talked about how they set up a, a group of people to take Hitler down in, in Germany during World War II. And, and what they did is they had Hitler sign the documents to set up a government in the case of Hitler's death, so the government could continue to go, and then they tried to kill Hitler, and then they Operation Valkyrie, and then they set up the doggone, they, they decided to take over Hitler and take over Germany, but Hitler wasn't dead. So Hitler came in and killed thousands of them who did this. Okay, This is what they're doing. It's contingency of government planning. So in the event they decide to do this, everything's already in place and it's all legal, so they won't be put on trial and they won't be executed for doing something that's not legal. So this has been around now since 2008. It started 2010. It was implemented, and according to my full bird kernel, it's still there. So we have to be aware of who's pulling the strings. <laughs> China. Is Rothschild controlled? I gave you the names, the dates, the places, the people who financed the Cultural Revolution and the Chinese Revolution months ago on this show. It's always the same group. So don't get, don't allow yourself to listen to alt radio or alt TV or any other programming that you're listening to that tells you that it is China doing this. Okay, China's being used as a cutout, and maybe China that you see doing it. But they're being controlled just like we are here in the United States. Always understand that. Austin, what do you think and what's your next story? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, 
China has basically been the poster child for extreme suppressive communism now. They have done exactly what they're supposed to do. They've implemented their social credit score. They've implemented their mass surveillance with their 600 million closed-circuit televisions all across the country so they can monitor, watch, control everything you do. China is the template for the new world order. They, they, they have been. They always have been. They will be basically continuing the future because that's what they did. That's where they are. They've been extremely good little lapdogs for the bankers. And so that's why China is being so pushed in so many directions because they have so much control. And obviously you've seen what's happened with the sweetheart deals with the Clintons as far as with China and everything else. And so they've intentionally propped up that country to be exactly where it's supposed to be. Now, this is all very well pre-planned. Also, too, speaking of basically Boys that get their cash from all kinds of, uh, you know, oddities and these rich billionaires now that have all been popping up. Daily Mail had an article. I thought this was funny when Dad's talking about the banker boys. They said more pandemic profiteers. COVID-19 vaccine has minted at least nine new pharma billionaires, nine executives from Moderna, BioNTech, Rovi and Cansino Biologicals have all become billionaires now through the pandemic. Nine executives are now billionaires, not millionaires, not 100 million, not 200 million. A thousand millions makes up one billion. And most of these guys, Moderna's one of their execs, he's worth 4.3 billion now. And these guys are just literally rolling in cash. And it's ironic to me when you see the push for a Gene editing shot that hasn't even been approved. It's just the experiment is the American population, by the way, guys. If you haven't figured that out, actually, it is the global population. This is the research study. That's <laughs> what it is. They're seeing what's going to happen to everybody. So I told you guys last week that I was proud to see that only 47, 48 percent of the United States has actually gotten injected. So apparently, there's a lot of people that are still very hesitant. I'm sure those numbers will still go up some, but. I encourage people to get the truth out there. Also, too, as I was talking about earlier, with what we've seen in the school systems, just to give you an example of how draconian some of these schools have gotten, in Columbus, Ohio, an executive private high school has now expelled three students because their parents spearheaded a social media campaign calling for the removal of critical race theory curriculum in this private high school. They said Columbus Academy has sent letters to two parents now informing that their kids basically will not be allowed to attend the fall semester because the parents have violated their contract, listen to this, by failing to nurture a positive and constructive working relationship. And they're saying that the parents have basically put out inflammatory and misleading attacks on the school and its leadership. Well, ironically enough, if you actually look at the parents and read what they're talking about, they said this is an educational institution and we have the right to say what's going on in our schools. But apparently we're not allowed to. And they said this is damaging the community, especially the children. They said it's ripping our community apart. And she goes, we simply started asking questions surrounding the curriculum five months ago. What our kids and the board of trustees and everybody who's involved, we question deep-seated structural accountability programs. And in doing so, everything that we had suspected about bullying, intimidation is being marginalized and has now occurred and resulted in our kids being expelled from the school. This is why DeSantis signed 
this parental bill of rights last week because this is what's about to start happening. Parents are going to stand up and say no more. We're not doing this. We're not doing masks. We're not doing Marxism training. We're not doing critical race theory. We're not doing any of it. And they're going to say, all right, fine. All your kids are expelled now. We're not going to have any type of basically disobedience in this school. That's where it's going. Because remember, the communists can't go for a head-on-head fight. They don't have the width, the knowledge, the backing, the ammo, anything. Because their entire theory of what they base on is failed. It's always failed. There's no way to defend it. So the only thing they can do is get in these positions of power and try to shut down any and all dissent. You can't talk about that. You're not providing a nurturing, positive, constructive working relationship with the school because you're asking questions. So your contract's terminated, your private school. Your kids are no longer allowed here. That's why so many parents are starting to go with homeschool co-ops, like what we're doing now, and bringing basically groups of like-minded people together and all having basically community teaching as far as with the school and hiring you know, teachers basically to come in and do the curriculums that they're supposed to learn. Like Dad said, history is fun. I've always been a huge history buff. But a lot of professors and teachers make history absolutely obnoxious to be in class. You're literally sitting there nodding off going, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait until the semester's over and this class is over. Why? Because they do it intentionally, like he said. Not all the time, but sometimes. They make it, so we're just going to brush over this. You, you know these, these dates here. You know, dates. I mean, dates obviously are important, but there's a whole lot more to the situation than just learning this happened on this date, this happened on this date, this happened on this date. That's so monotonous. Nobody wants to go in detail about that. But that's the point. They don't want everybody to remember the background. It's funny, you know, the I saw a meme the other day. It said in 1776, the British told us, that we had to surrender our firearms. We shot them. That's it. I saw it, and I went, well, pretty well said. It's sadly enough now, we, we, we don't even have people that stand up for wearing a mask. You say, you've you got to put a face diaper on. Oh, okay, yes, 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 yes. Okay. But again, we're starting to see a lot of people wake up to the narrative of what's actually starting to happen, as you see as example in Columbus, Ohio. Also, too, in other news, it appears people have been asking me, do they think the shot, this RNA injection, is going to get FDA approval? I said I did not know. I said if it did, it will probably be sometime in the fall so they can push their agenda through the summer, and it appears now – Absolutely, it's going to get approval for one simple thing. The report from the U.S. Army now has basically been released on Saturday that the Army has directed commands to prepare to administer mandatory COVID-19 vaccines as early as September, pending full Food and Drug Administration licensure and approval. The directive came from the executive order sent to the force by the Department of Army Headquarters, the report adds. So they're saying – Prep and prepare for full injection of the entire United States military by September once the FDA approves it. Well, I mean, that's pretty much giving you a clear-cut indication that's exactly what's about to happen. The reason why, though, it's September and not July or August is I personally believe they're going to try to do something in the next couple months, whether or not they want to try to push the fear porn with this Delta variant or they're actually going to do something significant. They've got to get more people on board with this and terrified to get the shot. And the problem is it's not working. The fear porn's worn out. Nobody cares anymore. Everybody knows this thing's a complete and total sham. So they have to come up with a different narrative now. So, again, why I say that, 
be aware and be prepared that certain things happen at certain times. And a lot of times they're very controlled. So don't get distracted, but also stay prepared for what can occur in the future. And also to speaking of groups, like dad said at the beginning that these individuals from these district attorneys in these super liberal cities, they just drop the charges on all these protesters and half the case now trespassing, vandalism, uh, battery, all that stuff. They're not even prosecuting that in some cities now. I'm prosecuting it. Ironically enough now, Army Sergeant has now been indicted on murder in the shooting of a armed Texas protester. If you guys remember, there was a short video. You couldn't see it very much, but it was Daniel Perry, who was basically a Lyft driver. He was also basically an Army Sergeant. And so he did Lyft driving on the side, and he was going through Austin, Texas, July of last year when they were having their little violent protest that they said was a peaceful protest while they were burning down cars and throwing Molotov cocktails and fireworks covered in nails at law enforcement. And because Austin, Texas is a open carry city and state, a lot of them were allowed to walk around in full kit. So you had an individual there uh, basically that was walking around, Garrett Foster, who was armed with an AK-47, walking around in the middle of violent protesting with AK-47, acting like he's some bad A. And Daniel Perry's trying to get through a giant crowd that they've blocked three major intersections now. So he's slowly driving through the crowd, trying to push through them. Of course, they're pitching a fit from multiple eyewitness reports. Basically, uh, the individual raised his firearm, Garrett Foster, raised his AK-47 at Daniel Perry. At that time, Daniel Perry drew his sidearms, handgun, and engaged basically Garrett Foster with deadly force, and he killed him. And now they have basically indicted him on murder, which boggles my mind. The fact that they're actually – and by the way, oh yeah, and he's on a $300,000 bond right now. He's indicted on murder and aggravated assault. Now, I don't know if anybody else just happened to not see last year, but if you have somebody walk up to your vehicle and point an AK-47 at you and you shoot them while you're in your car trying to get away from the scene, there's not even a question if that was murder. Multiple people reported the exact same situation at the scene that were eyewitnesses. This, again is doing exactly what they did to the couple in St. Louis that walked outside with his AR-15, and she walked out with her pistol, muzzle-sweeping everybody, not using very good muzzle awareness, and she had her finger on the trigger, not going to defend them on that. However, they were on their property. They never left their property, while a group of about two to 300 rioters descended upon their property on the sidewalk after they had already broke through a gate and pushed through signs that said no trespassing private property. Remember, they were charged with felonies. Now, I think pretty much all that whole thing's gotten dropped now, and I think they actually had to surrender the firearms that were involved, but then they went out and bought more firearms. He actually did a photo shoot with that, so I was glad he did that. But that's exactly what they're doing here now. They're trying to push the narrative that you do not have the right of self-defense. You do not have the right to basically arm yourself and defend yourselves against violent protesters. So what happens is people become more and more timid. People become more and more held back and reserved to not do anything because, well, 
You just had an army sergeant that's indicted on murder and aggravated assault because he shot somebody that pointed an AK-47 at him while he was sitting in basically a giant rioting crowd. I can't say I would have done anything different in that situation whatsoever. And he was on the job as a lift driver. He wasn't driving around trying to incite violence. He was working, trying to make money, while everybody else wanted to stand around and collect their paychecks from the pandemic special and burn cities down because, hey, it was the cool thing to do back then. This is the problem with communism. It's the exact same thing every time with a new face. Now it's just Antifa and BLM. That people from BLM don't care about the black community. Why have you have you seen all the multiple individuals that were at the top now? The one girl, she owned four houses. About four houses, all the money she's gotten from the BLM stuff. Multi millions of dollars in real estate now. Oh, I'm, I'm helping my community as I buy houses in Beverly Hills. Okay. The whole thing is a sham, and a lot of it is all funded exactly through the bankers, through the shell guys like George Soros and other groups. So just thought I would bring that up there. But we'll be uh, keeping everybody apprised on the Army Sergeant Daniel Perry, the situation that happens with this. I really hope he's acquitted on this because if this can, if this actually escalates to way past where it should be, this is going to be a very bad precedent for a lot of American patriots to simply want to travel freely, unmolested on their way. The good thing is down here in Florida, remember we had DeSantis sign that bill a couple months back. Actually, I think it was last year, end of last year, that basically stated that if you drive and people are protesting in the middle of the road and you're in fear of your life and you drive through them and hit them, that you basically cannot be held criminally. Now, civilly, that's going to be a different story, but on the other hand, too, you have the right to travel freely unmolested on your way. You do not have to worry about people. You should not have to worry about people blocking the road and trying to arm rob you. That's not okay in a civilized society. So we'll keep everybody up to date more and more on what's happening with this. So again, another story that I saw, as sad as it is, six-year-old son basically tells his dad, please don't get the shot. His dad, 53 years old, decided to get the shot, Dr. Jeff, or Mr. Jeff Kemplin, and basically he died from the shot. Now many state minors basically are – there. now a lot of these states – this is why it's also so important with what DeSantis did. A lot of states now are trying to inject children for the school system without parental consent. By basically stating the child ages 12 to 15 because Pfizer's got authorization on it now from the FDA, basically saying that they have the right to give this shot to children without parental consent because minors can consent on their own. This is nuts, and this is exactly why DeSantis signed this bill. This is, again, experimenting to see what's going to happen. I don't even think we've seen the tip of the iceberg, what's going to start occurring long-term with this injection over the next couple of years, especially with growing, developing children, with what we've seen with the storage of the RNA spike protein in the testes and in the ovaries in previous research now, Dan. What do you think? Uh, it's, it's what we talked about already, Austin, you know, multiple times in the past year and a half. It's sterility vaccines, what this is. It's basically designed to kill people and prevent you from having children. That's about as direct and blunt as I can be. It's a bioweapon. You know, Gardasil apparently wasn't good enough. AIDS probably wasn't good enough. Not enough people have died yet. Because remember what I told you, the Jason Scholars, the Jason Committee, this group of Jason world-leading supposedly intellectuals back in the 40s and the 50s that were hired by the CIA 
came across this little thing that, you know, we had to reduce the population of the planet by hook or by crook. That's what they wanted to do. Didn't matter how many people they killed. They said one of the primary ways they were going to do is do vaccinations and sterility vaccinations and basically teaching people proper, you know, how should I say, uh, protocols in order not to get pregnant, which hasn't worked really very well at all, especially in third world countries. And so now the only thing they have left is basically to base, basically vaccinate people like they did with Gardasil and, and sterilize them. Remember, Gardasil, one of the primary side effects is premature ovarian failure. In other words, the 15-year-old girl who goes into the doctor and gets a shot of Gardasil, she goes into menopause and her ovaries dry up. That's what that causes. But that wasn't enough. So they had to go further and further and further. And this is this is what they're doing. They're still continuing to do it. Remember, the Jason Scholars, controlled by the CIA, controlled by the Kabbalist Luciferians again. That's who runs the CIA. The CIA is a black magic satanic organization. Oh, real head, just a heads up. My brain's not at 100% today. Here's why. I forgot to turn my Wi-Fi off last night, and I tossed and turned all night. Finally, I woke up this morning. And I said, did I leave that Wi-Fi on? I didn't sleep well. Walked out. Sure enough, the switch was still turned on for the Wi-Fi all night. So I can't stand it when that happens. But, guys, I'm going to tell you this again, and Austin's told you this. I've got a kill switch for my Wi-Fi in my house. I forgot to flip it last night. It, like, unplugs it, but there's a switch to it. Every single night, you have to unplug your Wi-Fi. Otherwise, your pineal gland won't produce enough melatonin for you to sleep because your pineal gland sees the Wi-Fi signal as bright sunlight because it's a radiation wave like sunlight is, and your body thinks that it's time to get up. That's what happened to me last night. So, guys, think through what you're doing with your Wi-Fi at night. Make sure you turn it off every single night so you and your children aren't being subjected to that constant bombardment every single night. By the way, 11 armed suspects have been arrested following a nine-armed, a nine-hour armed standoff on a Massachusetts highway. I'll I repeat, I'll change that. 11 black armed suspects, suspects. Nobody ever wants to put who these guys are when they're black, and if they're white, it'd be all white, white supremacists. Massachusetts State Police arrested 11 black people on Saturday who allegedly claimed to be members of a group known as the Rise of the Moors. The arrest followed an hours-long standoff with the armed members of the interstate on Interstate 95 near Wakefield, Massachusetts, after suspects reportedly said they didn't recognize our laws. You know, Daniel Perry was arrested because somebody pointed an AK-47 or an AR-15 directly at his head, and he shot them. These guys are running around, pointing their guns, doing what they need to do, and basically these guys aren't arrested for arresting them. And even if they had shot them, I guarantee you they wouldn't have been charged with murder. But the reason it hasn't made international news to the level it should have that this is actually going on in the United States is because of the skin color. Now you think, well, that's ridiculous. Well, I'm just telling you, I don't care if they're black. I don't care. I don't care if they were white. I don't care if they're Hispanic. It makes no difference to me. Just tell us who and what they are. That's all I'm saying. I don't care if they're Chinese. That make a difference to me. Just say nine Chinamen were arrested. Nine Germans were arrested. Nine white people were arrested. Nine black people were arrested. Eleven people were arrested. It doesn't make any difference. Just tell us who we're dealing with and give us descriptions. That's what I'm trying to say on this show all of the time. We can't be catering to a person because of skin color. It always has to be exactly who they are, what they are, and what they believe. If you don't do it that way, well, then what happens is, you, well, you can't say that that's being racist. No, it's not being racist. No, it's not. That's, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm saying it because we need to know what's going on and who's doing it so we can be prepared as patriots, whether we're black or white or purple or whatever color we are, to know how to defend ourselves and what to expect. Very, very important. By the way, out there in uh, – this is just absolutely crazy. You know, we, I have a friend of mine right now. He's preaching out in San Francisco this week. 
And he said that guys were riding around, gay guys are riding around on bicycles naked in San Francisco, just naked, just naked riding around on bicycles. Uh, you know, to me, that just seems kind of weird in a civilized society that people can run around nude on bikes without being arrested. But this is what's happening in California because of the political correct agenda out there. Right now, there are clashes breaking out in L.A. between rival protesters after a viral video, listen to this, showed a spa customer complaining about a transgender woman who was a man exposing herself to children while in a female-only steam room with the genitalia fully exposed as a man. Whoa. Protests were sparked in Los Angeles after a viral video showed a customer complaining. The video sparked a protest against transgender people using the spa steam room, which was met by a counter-protest by Antifa activists. Hordes of people showed up outside the Y Spa on Wilshire Boulevard. Protesters were seen assaulting an independent journalist who was hit in the head with a pipe. Remember, Antifa likes to carry pipes. Videos also showed Milas between the two Malays, the Milas, Malays between the two groups as they brawled on the streets of Los Angeles. Okay, so a transgender guy who wants to be a woman who has full genitalia exposes their penis in front of minors in a woman's only steam room and people complain about it and a giant riot breaks out. That's the extent of the madness in Los Angeles with cultural Marxism. That's the extent of how crazy it is in the United States. And just when you thought it couldn't get any weirder than that, Marvel Comics, <laughs> this is crazy, makes Captain America say that the American dream is a lie. This is Captain America who was put together during World War II to help fight fascism in the world, is now saying that the United States dream is a lie. Just ahead of Independence Day, Marvel Comics featured a new Captain American issue in which the captain slams the American dream as a false promise. The first issue of the new series, The United States of Captain America, by writer Christopher Cantwell, who's a hardcore leftist, probably gay, probably communist, was published on June the 30th, only four days before the country traditionally celebrates its day of independence from Great Britain. Christopher Cantwell also is the one who's come out with the first gay Captain America. As the issue begins, Steve Roger, the original captain, grouses about how America is built on lies. Now, this is what they're doing with cultural Marxism. This is what they're doing by pushing these lies out to the children right now who still like to read comic books. And see, this is what we have to stand against. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the United States hasn't made mistakes what the United States did to the American Indian was absolutely unconscionable. It was. What the Spanish did and the conquistadors did to the native population of South America, Central America, and to the United States was unconscionable. It was. It was horrible what they did. But you got to remember, these groups of people in Central and South America and the Indian population in many cases were actively engaged in human sacrifice and basically the drinking of blood and all types of weird satanic rituals. They were. Just just a newsflash here in case you guys weren't aware of it. Not all of them, but a lot of them. A lot of them worship Quetzalcoatl, who basically is the serpent god with wings that came to Central and South America, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred years ago, 
and promise them advanced mathematics and technology, which is some of these calendars are so advanced or even better than today's calendars with the Incas, if they but worshipped him and sacrificed their children to him. The same group, the same Kabbalist group, the same group that basically had the Baal, Malik, and Asherah worshipping also went over to this area and did this through Quetzalcoatl. So when we come as a civilized society, supposedly civilized, from Europe under Christianity, and we see this and what's going on with these human sacrifices by the literally hundreds of thousands of Central and South America, we you know, stood against this, and, and when they attacked us, we were the invaders. We slaughtered them. Look what Cortez did. Do some research on that. So this is where we find ourselves. We have good and bad parts of the United States. Should we have slaughtered all these people because they were Satanists? Probably better off if we had converted them and not just start killing everybody. But we didn't do it that way. So there are parts of what we did in the United States that are bad. We could dwell on that whenever you want. But the reality is the overall goal of the United States, breaking away from England, giving adults and people in the United States and children of the United States sovereignty to make us no longer a peasant, no longer subject to the crown of England, was a really good thing. We gave freedom for the first time in America, the first time in the world, you know, except maybe with the Roman Empire, if you were born a Roman, you actually had rights. Remember Paul in the New Testament? You know, they were beating him, and he goes, you're beating me, and I'm a Roman citizen, and they're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, we don't want the full power of Rome coming here. You know, we apologize. We want you to slip away. You know, we're so sorry we did this. Yeah, we were given those types of rights. The problem is if we were the shining city on the hill that basically wanted to ensure the rights of the people of the United States of America, what's happened to us? Where did we turn astray? It happened. With the Schofield Reference Bible. It happened with Samuel Untermeyer. It happened with Theodore Roosevelt. It happened with Wilson. It happened with Taft. It happened 120 years ago when we put in a Federal Reserve Bank in 1913, almost 120 years ago, and we gave the sovereignty of the United States and the ability to print our debt-free currency over to the international Kabbalist, Luciferian, Rothschild banking cartels, and we've gone right straight down the pooper since then. That's what's happened. We were the largest creditor nation in the world. Now we're the largest debtor nation in the world since we did that. That's the draw. That's where you've got to draw the line. You've got to say, okay, here's where it happened. And all of it was set up about 1820 or so to bring in a third temple to bring in the Antichrist because that's what these Luciferian Masonic Lodge people believe they had to do to resurrect their serpent god. That's who started all of this stuff. Hundreds of years ago, and now we find ourselves at the end of this master plan. So what does that mean to us as Christians? That means we have to stand our ground. We have to pray every day. I prayed for you guys this morning. We have to do all things for Christ, for God. He has to be our primary goal in our lives at this point. He has to be to basically obey his commands. We have to stand by the word of God, the New Testament, and basically the, 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 the Torah, the five first books of Levitical law, and understand that God is God and we have to allow him to be God, and we have to expose these people and these entities that are doing this. That's what we have to do, and we need to realize we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, for this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it because we will be victorious. We have to stand, and if we don't, oh boy, 
then the United States will continue to go down the ash heap of history. I've got to continue to think and like these guys, you know, Orban over there in Hungary. He says the European Union's LGBT, and he's calling it colonialism, threatens our very way of life. The push from the European Rothschild controlled union figures to encroach on Hungary's educational system through LGBT dictates and threaten the country's way of life. Prime Minister Viktor Orban has warned, striking back against woke threats from the likes of Dutch Prime Minister Mark Root and other EU leaders, all Rothschild controlled. Viktor Orban said that Hungary must stand up for self-determination, particularly when it comes to the education of its children. They behave like colonialists. They want us to dictate what laws should take effect in another country. They want to tell us how to live our lives and how to behave, the Hungarian president said. Orban went on to say that critics of his legislation, which places limits on the depictions of non-traditional sexual relationships in schools and media content aimed at children, denotes the bad reflexes caused by their European colonial past. In other words, they're trying to force the young children in Hungary to learn about transgenders and homosexuality with pictures and books, basically pornography at a very, very young age in first grade and kindergarten. And he said, no, we're not doing this garbage. We're not going to allow this to come into Hungary. He said, if the people are 18 years old and they want to learn this stuff on their own, do it at the university level. We're not going to control that. But you will not program these young children because he understands the importance of what happens when you take young children in a theta brainwave state and you tell them this stuff is true and they have no filter and they can't say no to it. He understands that. So he's saying, no, we're not going to let the children be have institutional and cultural Marxism and all of this weird stuff from where I'm paraphrasing. Now, I'm saying this from the Kabbalah religion that these New World Order people are basically part of. Remember what Donald Trump said when he got his Tree of Life Kabbalah Award. It was the most important word he ever received. I've played the video for you. You've heard the audio on this show. You can look it up on YouTube. They're proud of it. Remember who he is. His daughter is a Kabbalist. His son-in-law is a Kabbalist. I had a very educated friend of mine write me a letter this weekend and say, oh, you don't understand who Trump is. You don't understand what he does. You don't understand how – no, I do. I know exactly who Trump is. You know, And we've talked about who he is for the past three years. He is another Rothschild control flunky, probably because they said they have videotaped just Lane Maxwell of Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein's little whatever they were doing with the young girls. She didn't say what was on the tape, but she said they had videotape. And this guy was being sued by multiple girls who were underage when he supposedly had sex with them during this election back in 2015 and 2016. And suddenly these cases disappeared. You guys can look it up. So this is who we're dealing with. A guy who basically says the Tree of Life Award is the most prestigious award he's ever received. And the guy who basically takes turns Jerusalem into the headquarters for the United States there as far as our embassy. The guy who basically signs over Palestinian rights, which he had no right to do, giving rights to Israel to take over this country. This is, this is that guy, the guy who pushed red flag gun laws into the United States. And if to, just for the cherry on top, he's the one who basically led the quote-unquote insurrection on january the 6th and told the people to follow him to the capitol they went they went inside with the fbi with staged crisis actors they're pushing everything and then they were all arrested and he did not give them a blanket immunity and a pardon which is crazy to me because he pardoned all these other criminals but he didn't pardon those four folks that are still sitting and rotting in dc jails right now as we speak 
and many more being arrested all over the country, including here in Polk County and in Lakeland where we live. Guys, listen to me. Everybody needs to wake up. Both sides of the narrative are being controlled by the same people, period. We've got to see it. And we've got to stay with what the word of God says. For Jesus, he's the answer. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith. The great I am. Jesus Christ came to deliver us from the evil one and from this mess. And we've got to keep our hearts and our minds focused on Christ. Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's the message for today's show. Is a message of hope and of clarity that you guys know that for Christ to come to us through God Almighty showed you how much he loved us and how much he didn't want us part of this system that we have on this planet right now. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. My honor, my privilege to pray for you again today. It's awesome to have you as part of my family. Thank you for your support of Health Masters. It means the world to me. Awesome. Finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I think you pretty much already finished it up, but thank you guys again for the uh, support. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.